Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hello everybody and welcome to the Box Score Breakdown for Monday the 18th of January 2021. I am Mr. Jolly of Sydney. That's how you can find me on Twitter. And my partner, of course, the other host of this uh, show is Scotty Harland. He is aka The Harlander, H-A-R and then Lander. And while there can be only one, he's actually The Harlander 23 on Twitter, I should say. Gee, I messed that up, but there we go. Harlander 23. You can guess his favourite player growing up was Michael Jordan. Um, shout out to the big knobs from Hoopball, Aaron Bruski and Dan Brespers from Fantasy NBA Today. Get involved, support one of the best things going in the Fantasy NBA world. Go over to hoop-ball.com and check out some of the great content there. Speaking of great content, today's guest is Hank. He is Hank Aaron. Is it 26 on Twitter? Hank That's Aaron. correct. He is Hank Aaron 26 on Twitter. It is Monday. So he is here with me to review a massive slate, nine games. I was just saying kind of bizarrely and darkly that almost good that there were two postponements because we would have been chock-a-block otherwise. Yeah, we'd be out of time, so at least we could get the games in, uh, in our hour. <laughs> oh, we'll see. We'll see how we go when we get This is through. definitely a glass half-full podcast. You know? We're always looking at the bright side. Well, that's the only way to be, given the present times we live in. I tell you what, you've got to, you've got to keep your chin up and keep trying to be positive. Uh, so... Um, Let's just jump straight into things. We usually have one quick topic before we get into the uh, box scores for the day with our guests. And today, I'd like to start. Uh, we're going to talk about trades for big men, sell highs, and a couple of things relating to percentages uh, in terms of strategy for category leagues. Uh, there may be some relevance to points leagues as well in terms of some of these buy ho buy highs, buy hoes, no, buy highs, sell lows. Gee, that was an unfortunate slip of the tongue. Shout out to Bear Down 323, one of our premium fantasy pass subscribers on the Discord chat. He's based in Los Angeles, the city of angels. He says he's been playing in an insanely competitive league for 13 years. Uh, he plays in a league with former hoopers. It sounds like crazy fun. Uh, he talks basketball all day. And you know what he said? He said it was great that he found uh, hoop ball, takes part in the Discord. And I reckon, you know what? I reckon we're lucky to have him too because the community contribution to the chats should not go unmentioned. It's really great stuff over there. So what I was chatting with him about today in one of the threads over there on the Discord chat, which you find through uh, the Fantasy Pass if you sign up and become a premium subscriber, is the concept of, and I think we might have even talked about this before, Hank, of targeting percentages this season because with postponements in head-to-head leagues and getting hit by games played, Percentages are something that are not affected by the number of games played, unless, of course, one of your top percentage guys is one of the guys who goes out. So with relation to that, he is holding Kyrie Irving. He did not trade Kyrie for Trey Young because Trey Young's high-volume field goal percentage is just like toilet level, 
and Kyrie's efficiency is amazing. What do you think of that idea? I hate it. I'll say it as clearly as I can. I am. And, you know, I don't know who Bear Down is, but I live in Los Angeles too. So, you know, I run into him on the street. Um, you know, it's just, it's friendly fantasy advice. But I, I am always on the get rid of Kyrie Irving bandwagon. I do not draft him. I, if I, I would never have him on my team to trade him. Uh, I would definitely trade him now. I mean, he's out. And this is this time. It's not even due to the typical injuries that he usually has. It's something else, you know, different. And mm. when he comes back in, uh, you know, it's going to be crowded there. I, I, I like I like his percentages. I, I like his stats out as a fantasy player. I think that's what makes him so viable in general. Is that when he's playing, he's got good field goal. He's got good free throw. Uh, he is a great player for the percentages, and he's a good player overall. But his his durability is. It's not there, right? He's yeah. consistently having season-ending injuries. He's consistently having injuries that, um, you know, cost him big chunks of time. In fact, last season, I made a bet with somebody, the guy who owned Kyrie Irving. Uh, whenever they announced he was coming back from his injury, we made some kind of a bet like he wouldn't play like another 25 games that season. <laughs> and and I not only did I win the bet, but I was able to win the bet even before the season got canceled due to COVID because he had already suffered the season-ending injury before, you know, in, mm-hmm. in an even shorter period of time. So um, I would get rid of Kyrie Irving. I would definitely move him for Trey Young. I think Trey Young is a screaming uh, buy low right now. Um, his his field goal percentage is not good, and I like the I like the approach that you discussed earlier that we discussed a few weeks ago. That percentages are maybe a little bit more viable this season than they would otherwise be. But the idea that you can get a, a guy who's pretty good bet to end up in the top 25 when all said and done, and you know, not inconceivable he could end up top 15 or top 10, um, even with the poor field goal percentage, you know, he's not gonna he's not gonna be 38 yeah. like he is now. Um, and I know right now uh, Trey Young is I think he's around 85. So yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, oh. he's exactly 85. So let, let, let me jump. Let me let me jump in. You've just you've. Shot that one down like a uh, fighter jet because shooting I, a jump out of the sky. Only for it, you know, I can go. No, no, that's all right. Let's 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 let's, let's move on because I mean, these were the only things we were talking about. Now I, I'm holding Kyrie. I I don't. I've got Trey in a couple of leagues, and he's absolutely destroying me in field goal percentage and turnovers as well. And I, I get both sides of this. I think there's definitely an argument to both the stuff about Kyrie. It will be interesting to do the over under. What about a different one? What about if you've got quite a few smalls and you've got an injury to a big? Would you send Trey Young away for Vooch? Would, would I trade? Would I would you? prefer Vooch. I would prefer yeah. Vooch over Trey Young, okay, regardless of, of whether I have injuries or not. Yeah. Okay. So this is what I'm talking about. There's the other aspect of this was to target bigs. So instead of like you've, you've got certain builds, you can have you know the same number of stud bigs versus stud smalls. You can have more stud bigs or more smart stud smalls. The teams that I've got stud bigs in. Um, with the exception of the ones with Nurkic, uh, I'm doing really well. I've got this uh, one Roto League where I have Holmes and I have Julius Randle and I have, um, God, I've got all kinds of big guys. I've got Vooch, Vooch as well. Vooch, Holmes, Julius Randle, um, Valanchunas, and I'm absolutely kicking ass. Whereas in the Roto that I'm, we've got Trey Young and PG, it's not going so well. So that sounds like a decent idea. What about this? Just throw a couple of quick ones at you. What about 
Holmes or Jamal Murray? Who would you prefer rest of way? Oh boy. Um, that is a good question. And it's always, it always is tricky when the bigger name is, is not the guy that I want because my guess is, especially on a per game basis, Holmes outperforms Murray this season. Uh, but the other consideration you have to have is that Holmes is not as durable as Murray. I, I don't believe. And, and this is kind of a more of a practical real-life issue, which is that if you want to make another trade with either one of those guys, you're more likely to get more for Murray than for Holmes. Yeah. But my guess is my guess is Holmes will actually outperform Murray on a per-game basis for the rest of the season. And I think it was any other season I would take Murray, but this season I'm, I'm, I want my field goal percentages to be good and the leagues where they are are the ones I'm doing the best in. Uh, speaking of doing the best in things, one of the ways you do the best in things is to become a HoopBall subscriber. Uh, the Fantasy Pass is what you need to get. Obviously, the Brewski 150 was what you used to draft well, but the Fantasy Pass is what you need to keep going well through the whole season. It's just four ninety nine a month. And uh, there's zero commitment. You can sign up for one month just for five bucks. If you don't like it, you can cancel it. We know you'll love it. It's just, that's just the cost of a cafe latte in a fancy cafe. Um, the Fantasy Pass have absolutely everything you'll need to dominate all year long. You've got the Fantasy Appraiser tools. You've got the schedule and streaming charts. You've got the pickup strops. And the newest calls feature, which I rabbit on about like just about every week, is the HoopBall Discord server, where you can hang out with all the HoopBall pros around the clock and get one-on-one help with uh, for your team. So check it out. Head to Hoop dash ball.com and click on the fantasy pass ad just below the main media wall the first game on the evening god there's nine games and uh there was uh, there's so many interesting uh things to talk about but probably one of the worst games is the first one magic 84 uh and who are now ninth in the east and fallen to six and eight on the season uh lost to the knicks uh, 91 points. They're now seven and eight on the season and six. Magic have lost six games in a row. They were six and two. Now they are six and eight. I've, I've got my notes here. There's a chance they could end up last in the East if, if they don't stop the bleeding. Uh, it was not a good performance all around. Uh, shout out to Cole Anthony, a guy I picked up in a few places. He absolutely pooped the bed with his shooting. He was uh, he just had six points, five rebounds, one assist, but he did have that one steal and, and a block, and that's why I'm holding him, even though he shot two for 12 from the field, which was ugly. Uh, Terrence Ross had 19 points. He had three rebounds, three assists, one block, uh, five for 16 from the field. He was also putrid, but he did four threes. Terry Ross is a hold. If you see him on the wire any time in the next month, you just grab that guy. Uh, Aaron Gordon. Had a huge game. Uh, he's a guy that we throw shade at just about every week, Hank. But he had 18 points, 17 rebounds, <laughs> nine assists. What on earth? He was only six for 18 from the field, though. That's right. With with Gordon, we're going to see the nice. We're going to see the nice numbers. His box box scores are are obviously going to they're going to jump out because of his points, his rebounds, his ability to get threes. But over the course of the season. Uh, the steals usually aren't there. The blocks aren't there. The, the percentages are down and the durability is in question. So um, on the season, he's still 135 uh, in a nine category. And just, just so the listeners know, whenever I talk about rankings and whenever I talk about my preferences, I'm always talking about nine category roto format. So I don't want that to slip through the cracks. Um, it's always, that's always when I, how, I'm, how I'm looking at them. And, uh, I still don't like Gordon. Uh, he's a nice. This is a nice line to sell high on, but I'm not buying. 
Yeah, and in points leagues, he's obviously decent because he's going to get the volume. He played 36 minutes. They don't have – Evan Fornio is still out. Even when he comes back, he's just going to have the opportunity to rack up the stats. So points leagues versus category leagues, Aaron Gordon is a good one. Uh, Nick Vucevic just had another huge game, 24 points, 14 rebounds, two blocks. In a couple of words, what about Vooch? Vooch is solid as they come, top 15 player he's he's even higher this year uh love him no real space to to regress he's not going to give you blocks out of the center position which usually you want but every other category is there uh he's worth worth the price of admission he's not a sell high and if someone undervalues him i'd i'd snag him yeah, and he's up to 13th on a per-game basis, and he's inside. He's providing first-round value on totals. How about that? Um, that Shout-out to Dan Vespers, who said, grab Vooch wherever you can. I will never make that mistake again uh, of, not, of not grabbing him. For the New York Knicks, uh, really only a couple of lines worth talking about in terms of the performances. Uh, Bullock were, didn't really do very much. Alfred Payton didn't do very much. He's still a drop and not a pickup. Um, Emmanuel quickly is worth mentioning. He only had 15 points. This guy gets stats in short uh, amounts of minutes because he had 11 points. He had one rebound, two assists, had one three-pointer. He managed to get 10 shots off in just 15 minutes. An interesting guy. I have him in a couple of leagues and I'm holding him. But of course, for the New York Knicks, it really is the two big names. RJ Barrett had 22 points, 10 rebounds, four assists. He was nine for 19 from the field. His percentages are a little bit better this season. Uh, and... He looks like one where if you got him around that sort of 100-ish and sometimes even later, he's providing some okay value. Barrett is up and down. I'm playing against him this week, so I hate to see that good line tonight. Uh, when he's good, it looks great because the issue with him is always that the percentages, his field goal percentage on the season is, is under 40. Um, and he, you know he's a high-volume shooter, so it really hurts when he shoots under 40%. However... When he has a good game, he hits most of his shots. It ends up giving you great percentage on field goal, plus a lot of points, plus threes. Um, so he's up and down on the season. He's outside of the cut line for a 12-team, nine-category league. Uh, I view him that way. I think he's, he's the end-of-the-roster guy. Uh, he's also another guy that if he does string together some good games because he scores a lot, you may be able to sell high on him. So he's a good player for, for sell-high purposes. He's a good player for points, but... Overall, I don't like the package. Yeah, and that's probably what it is with him. I don't own him in any league at all, except the points league, so I'm not really paying attention to his percentages. The last week, he is uh, top 40 in nine category because he's having a good week with his shooting. But uh, if you look at the last two weeks, he's 164th. <laughs> right. <It's, I> mean, <laughs> Which means the week good before- games are really good. You know, they, they, they light you up. And you're like, ah, oh, I faced them today. Gosh. Now, uh, the other guy, of course, the other stud is Julius Randle. 39 minutes. He had 21 points, uh, 17 rebounds, one assist. Uh, He didn't have any defensive cats, but he had a couple of three-pointers as well. He just keeps on keeping on and remains somebody that you could consider as a sell high. But uh, for me, I'm just riding him all the way to a Roto Championship. The second game of the evening was the Minnesota Timberwolves up against the Atlanta Hawks. Now, the Hawks have been pretty bad of late. Um, they've stolen uh, defeat from the jaws of victory against the undermanned trailblazers. They have not looked uh, fantastic, but a good team to come up against when you're not looking fantastic is the Timberwolves because they're possibly the worst team in the NBA, and they certainly have the worst luck, which is it's, it's just a terrible combination, isn't it? 
for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Shout out to Kat as well. We hope you get well soon, buddy. It's been a really rough year for everybody, uh, just about everybody in the world, but especially for you, mate, and get uh, we hope you get well soon. D'Angelo, which is the name of my son, if I say that too loudly, he'll come bashing in my door. D'Angelo Russell, the other D'Angelo, he had 31 points, seven assists, four steals. He had a block, six for 13 from deep, 11 for 22. He's just going to provide some massive value why Cat is out, isn't he? Yep, he's got a lot more. Uh, he's going to get the ball in his hand a lot more. He's going to score a lot more. Uh, player, you know, Fantasy players should enjoy the ride. Yeah, and he's already – he's on a per-game basis. He is inside the top 30 now. He probably settles down and finishes a little bit later than that. But, you know, with the way Cat's going, how many games he's playing and other problems they've got there, he looks like a draft day good value pickup. Another guy who has been a very good value pickup from the draft is Malik Beasley. He's been providing some sneaky value this season. He had 15 points, five rebounds, three assists, one steal, one block. He was five for 17 from the field. All of these guys can go very streaky all of a sudden. Now, is Beasley a sell high? Has he got a big enough name that you could even sell high on him? Is he the kind of guy you've got to hold for the whole season, even though you know he might fall off? You know, he's he, he does have a little bit of sell high appeal. Um, and because he's a scorer, you may be able to sell high. Um, so I, it's a good point that when they don't have a big name, it's hard to sell high. Uh, but at least if they're scoring a lot, it opens up the window. If if they're, you know, outperforming in steals and percentages and low turnovers, those stats aren't going to typically be able to sell high. But the the points will, and if you package them with someone else, you may be able to get something good. But that being said, he's at seventy one on a per game basis this year, and um, you know, I mean, I, he he may finish top one hundred. So it's you don't need to get rid of him just to get rid of him. But, um, you know, if you could if you could package him with another player and get a top 30 guy, why not? And if you look at the, some of the names of the guys around him who were definitely drafted higher, you've got people like um, LaMelo Ball, John Collins is only around 70, DeAndre Hunter, he was a value guy, but Keldon Johnson, these guys who've got really like sexy names, breakout guys, uh, other guys around there, PJ Washington, all of these guys probably went higher than him. Um, and he's in front of people like DeAndre Ayton, Wiggins, uh, Derek Rose, bigger names, Joe Harris, who was a popular draft day grab. So he has been um, a very good value. For the Atlanta Hawks, let's talk about Trey, <laughs> Trey Young. I've got him on a few teams. I've got him in Dynasty as well. Uh, I, he started out pretty amazing. Let's start with a really good 12 for 13 from the foul line. Now, he started out in the first sort of uh, six, seven days of the season. He was 14 of 15 from the foul line on average through his first five games. This is the kind of numbers he was putting up. So this might mean that he's actually doing better. He only shot eight shots from the field. He was three for eight. But that 13 trips to the charity stripe combined with 20 points, 13 assists, and three steals is very nice. Of course, there's those six turnovers, and he was 37.5% from the field. Yeah, I don't think the field goal percentage is going to stay that low. I think there's a lot of room to go up, and I think the rest of his stats are pretty much in line. Obviously, we expect the points to go up as the field goal percentage goes up. So, um, you know, there there were some reports. We discussed this before. There were some reports about the friction between him and John Collins. You know, you wonder, hopefully, that doesn't linger all season and they can get it together. But you get the feeling these guys are going to figure it out, and, you know, his his stock should should really shoot up and and to me, he's he's a buy low. So 
I wouldn't panic trade him. The owner of, of Collins and one of my leagues, or excuse me, of, of Young and one of my leagues, you know, broached me today for some trade discussions and I was open to it. But he wanted Paul George, so that was that didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Paul George is the fourth ranked guy in, in nine cat at the moment. I have I have both of them together in that uh I call it my Franken-Roto team. Shout out to James who's been helping me out a little bit with it and Pedro, of course. Um, I call it Franken-Roto because I've lost Tommy Bryant and I've lost Fultz there and I've got like four or five streamers. So it's a bit all over the shop. But I have PG and uh, he has just been pretty amazing. Um, what about other guys on the Hawks such as uh, Kevin Herter? We were talking about him <laughs> Shout out to Santino from the DFS who called him Huayta, Kevin Huayta. He had 17 points, six rebounds, eight assists, four steals, seven for 16 from the field, three three-pointers. This is just a case of him going off because Cam Reddish was out. He played 40 minutes. Uh, you're not desperate to go and grab Kevin Herter off the waiver wire, are you? You're not desperate to get him, but uh, if you need someone, he could. you could plug him in there. Uh, he's been in the top 100 this year. Like you said, it was 40 minutes because Reddish was out, so he had extra run tonight. Uh, but even on the season in 29 minutes, he's 12 points, two threes, 3.6 assists, 1.3 steals. You know, So if you're looking for those stats, you know he's giving them. His percentages aren't too bad, and the field goal percentage is 43.3, and the free throw is almost 82. So um, he's, he's, okay. he's okay at the end of your bench. Uh, so you don't need to drop someone good for him, but... If you're in a 12-team league, he should be rostered. Mm. And I have him in a dynasty league as well, and I'm quite happy with that. Uh, yeah. also, also for the Hawks, Clint Capella, wow, he's just taken off, hasn't he? He had 23 points, 15 rebounds, two assists, two steals, three blocks. Wow, he is flying up the board in terms of per-game value. Yep, and his he's, he's giving us the numbers that we saw with him in Houston. He's great rebounder. Uh, gets the blocks, spectacular field goal percentage. The only real, I mean, obviously he doesn't shoot threes, but you accept, you know, you can accept that from a center. But the only real negative is the free throw percentage, uh, and it's it's still there. He's still at fifty four point five this year, shooting three a game. You know, so he hurts you there. If you're punting free throw percentage, it's spectacular. Uh, even if you're not punting it, it's not so bad. You could still use him on your team, but that's just the only drawback. But again, the rebounds, the field goal percentage, and the blocks. He's a great he's a great guy and you probably got him pretty cheap on drafting. Yeah, I, I got him around uh, I think it was in the sixty to seventy range in a draft where I took him, and he is already up to seventieth on a per game basis, so inside the sixth round in uh nine cat and in points leagues he is the fifty fifth ranked player on a per game basis at the moment. Right around Chris Boucher, D'Angelo Russell, Chris Paul, they are some pretty big names who score well in all formats. Uh, it's also worth mentioning John Collins, who had 15.7 rebounds, two assists, and four blocks. He's not been amazing, but he's also not been bad either. And DeAndre Hunter, who might be one of the most improved players in the NBA, he had 25 points, four rebounds, two assists, three steals, 53% from the field on 15 shots, three from six from deep, six from seven from the foul line. DeAndre Hunter has been a bit of a surprise, hasn't he? Big surprise, uh, big step forward in his second season. Uh, looking really good. And um, let's see if we could keep it up. But I think people who got him got a steal. And I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, what, where could we see him really regress? 
the field goal percentage is is what's standing out to me. Yeah, the free throw percentages. Yeah, he's at he's at he's at forty nine point seven percent from the field. We do expect that to drop off a little bit, wouldn't we? Yep, and also the free throw percentage. But you know, with the younger players, they could they could also take a step forward in their game. So it is a nice sell high moment. Um, but also, he you know he's a guy that that may end up being valuable down the road. Uh, and the next game on the slate this evening was the San Antonio Spurs up against the. Wow, I just lost that for a second. <laughs> the San Antonio Spurs up against the Portland Trailblazers. There we go. I stumbled there because the poor Blazers, God, they have bad luck as well. It's not far off the bad luck that Minnesota has because with the injuries and stuff, it seems like almost every season we get to see uh, Damian Lillard absolutely balling out because uh, he's on his own out there for a bit. And without CJ, um, without Nurkic, of course, it really is the Damian Lillard show at the moment. But let's start with the uh, away team first. The San Antonio Spurs who were victorious. DeMar DeRozan, 20 points, 11 assists, two steals, six rebounds. Just uber efficient. Only nine shots, six for nine from the field. He was eight for eight from the foul line. He's one of those old man squad guys that Dan talks about who is good value. He's been a great value this season. I mean, if you got DeRozan, you probably got him around 100, maybe a little bit higher than that. Uh, people were not looking at him, just kind of look at him again like an old guy. He's not doing much or whatever. He's he's in the top 30. He's 27 on a per-game basis in nine category. You know, very efficient, 47% from the field, ninety almost 90% from the free throw line. He's been shooting a little bit more from the three-point stripe. Uh, great value and, and not someone who's going to regress much either. So he's likely to, to give you another top 50 campaign. Now, LaMarcus Aldridge, I tell you, as an owner of LaMarcus Aldridge in one of my leagues, it's just at the moment, it's just precarious. I think he's the first thing I look for whenever he plays. He had a pretty good game. He had 22 points. He had two rebounds, one assist. He had a steal and a block, which you love. He was 10 for 17 from the field with that nice field goal percentage. He's taking a few less threes, though. It was just uh, none from one today, two from two from the foul line. Just 24 minutes, uber efficient. If he's not efficient, though, he's struggling to provide value, isn't he? And you probably just got a hold, don't you? Because there's, you're not going to get anything back from him. You probably don't even get a top 100 player back, do you? No, it's probably hard to get much for him. I think there's a perception that he's old. His game is dropped off. Um, I, I, I do think he's worth, you know, taking a stab at a buy low if you can. He did finish pretty high the last few seasons. I, I figure he's going to, probably turn it up uh, somewhat. It looks like they, they may be playing him fewer minutes this season and he may not may not have the game that he had last year. But I think he's, he's, he's worth a, a buy low if you could get him cheap. Yeah. And so give me an example how cheap is cheap. Uh, well, let me look at my team here and see what, what I can tell you. We're talking about maybe people around about 100. Like what about what about if you could get him – what about if Norm Powell goes off for a few games? You could get him for Norm Powell. You would do that, oh, wouldn't I, you? I would definitely definitely do that. What about um, Aaron Gordon? Yeah, I'll take Aldrich. What about Enos Cantor? I, I, I have to say I don't like, I don't like Gordon. Yeah, Cantor, that was too easy, wasn't it? That was Cantor, uh, I would take Cantor uh, for now. Um, yeah. definitely now, uh, I probably would, Ooh, it's a tough call. Um, 
Maybe I would take Aldridge between the two of them, but I expect Kander to outperform Aldridge while Nurk is out. Of course. What about I got? I've got one more for you, Harrison Barnes. Aldridge. Yeah. That, ask me. Who would who would you take? Aldridge, of Your course. Names? Aldridge, of course, because I hate Harrison Barnes. Okay. <laughs> I just can't stand Harrison Barnes for some reason. It's just really irrational because I was cheering. For them, uh, the, the season when they when they lost because he was bad in the finals, I was cheering against them as well. Um, so it's weird. Yeah, it's, I mean, sometimes you develop a, a dislike for certain players. So just it's just bizarre. There's something about him. I, I feel like sometimes when you see certain players in the NBA, and this is completely ridiculous, you kind of wish that you had their physical talents because you think, "Gee, I could make more of that." <laughs> but uh, which is obviously completely ridiculous and one of the most the stupidest things I've said on this show. But anyway, let's let's move on to talk about the Blazers. And of course, it was a Damon Lillard show. He had 35 points. He had six assists. He had one steal, one block, 12 for 12 from the foul line. Yeah, three for 10 from deep and 10 for 23 from the field. He's just going to be a monster until CJ comes back, isn't he? Yeah, but I think you'd lock him in for top five. Uh, yes, indeed. Now, Enos Cantor, he had nine points, eight rebounds, five assists, and he's just going to keep chugging along with sort of double-double-like figures. Covington is a guy that we've been looking at because he has been bad, and he was just not great again. One for five from deep, four for from eight on uh, 50%. Well, that's better than his field goal percentage has been. It's been absolutely rubbish. He did have three steals, though. So those steals just stop you from dropping him, don't they? Yeah, it's it's been keeping him above the cut line in 12-team leagues. Uh, but we've seen him be very productive the last few seasons. We expect he'll get it together and get his game going. And, and he's another guy by low. Um, be a good question. Who would you take, Covington or Aldridge? Uh, Aldridge, I think. It's hard. I think maybe Covington because you feel like he's going to turn it around and he's got top 50 rest of season upside if somehow he starts shooting better. But who knows? He might be cooked. We might have seen his best as well. Uh, Speaking of seeing people's best, Rodney Hood. Oh, no. Rodney Hood, 21 (laughs) points, two rebounds, two assists, one steal, nine for 14 from the field. Why did you want me to ask you about Rodney Hood? Uh, actually, I thought you were going to second to a manscaping ad over there. So <laughs> that's, that's where I thought you were going with that. So Rodney Hood is just someone that, you know, he's a nice streamer for scoring. Don't get too excited with the points. We know McCollum's out. Feel free to play him for a week, but uh, don't get too excited to him. Yes, well, you did accidentally segue us into a Manscaped ad because it's time for me to talk about uh, what you need. Valentine's Day is coming up very soon. You need to be ready for that. You know that there's already 2 million people using Manscaped products, so you better catch up. Uh, your girl, she's looking forward to uh, to Valentine's Day, but not if you are just hairy as all buggery. So the best way to get started is with the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0, full of the best products to keep you looking, smelling, and feeling nice. The Perfect Package 3.0 is led by their revolutionary third-generation lawnmower trimmer, which has advanced skin-safe technology and features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. It's waterproof, so there's no mess on the bathroom floor, especially when it's time for Cupid to shoot his arrow. Not sure what that means, but there's a bit of euphemism going on there. Um, we've also made sure that it smells better. They're using this thing called the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver. They keep your boys from sweating and smelling and sticking. All of these products smell great. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood if you know what I mean. 
The Perfect Package 3.0 will come with a pair of Manscaped boxes that keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxes to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxes, easily the most comfiest boxes that I have ever worn. Uh, this Perfect Package is your Perfect Package. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. That is 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. Happy Valentine's Day to you and your partner from us. The next game on the slate was the Phoenix Suns getting uh, beaten by the Memphis Grizzlies, 104 to 108. Ja Morant was, of course, back, and we'll get to him in a moment. For the Suns, there was some good news for DeAndre Ayton owners. He had 18 points. He had 16 rebounds and three assists. We love to see that. Devin Booker had a down day, and he's having a down season. He had 12 points, three rebounds, four assists, one steal, five for 21 from the field. When is he going to turn this around? Hope soon if you're a Booker owner. Um, it's tough to look at his – I mean, his numbers are down across the board. He's right now outside of the top 100. Um, you expect a lot of improvement here, right? I mean, it's – Yeah, I'm like a lot of jump in the last – I think the last two weeks he's inside the top 60. So he has been better recently than he was. Yeah. And I, and I think a big part of that was the, the assists were down. Um, the field goal percentage is down some the free throw percentage is down some, you know, so it's, it's just kind of across the board. Like we said before, I, I think with, with Chris Paul coming to town, it's not, it's not unreasonable to think his assist rate is going to go down. And it's probably going to stick for the season, but you would expect, you know, if, if his field goal percentage doesn't stay where it was last year, that maybe it would improve some, and um, you certainly wouldn't expect a big drop off in free throw percentage. So, um, he's he's another guy that's a buy low, but he's he's probably someone that's not going to come close to his uh, draft draft value, which was probably around top twenty. Yeah, mostly. And and Chris Paul has actually been hurt a little bit. He's but although he is inside the top sixty, uh, Chris Paul he had a decent game. He had sixteen points, seven assists. He had three steals, three rebounds. He had two three pointers. He was seven for thirteen from the field. Uh, another person worth mentioning, of course, is McCall Bridges. If you want to talk about sort of the big four that they have, he had seventeen points, had eight rebounds, two assists, one steal, and one block. Six for nine. Back to his efficient shooting. He's had a kind of. Pretty down couple of weeks, so it's good to see him doing better. For the Memphis Grizzlies, Ja Morant is back, and he was the one who kind of sealed this game late. He was very good late in the game. He had 17 points. He had 10 assists. He had two steals, uh, five for 10 from the field. Again, very efficient. They really shared their shooting around. They had guys, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys with more than eight shots, the Grizzlies did, and it worked out well for them because they won the game. Ja Morant, he was the number one or two player on a per-game basis in fantasy for a while. How far does he get back to where that was? I think the sky's the limit for him. He's been very good so far this year. Uh, don't don't think he'll be top one or two, but it's not unreasonable to think he'll be the top 25. I mean, this, guy's, this guy was balling. Yeah, and it was just really unfortunate, the injury, wasn't it? Because he's, he's fought on a per-game now. He's already – he's back to – since he came back and adjusted for the whole season, he's at 48th now. So he definitely had a bit of a drop-off. Kyle Anderson is another one who had a drop-off. If you haven't dropped him yet, you can definitely drop him for a better streamer if one comes along. Dylan Brooks, if he is on your team, get him off. He's ranker than Septic. He's going to stink the whole thing up. Do not bother with Dylan Brooks, guys. Come on. Brandon Clark now. 
here's someone you should bother with. 17 points, five rebounds, three assists, two steals. He was eight for 13 from the field. He's getting that field goal percentage up. I'm glad that I hold, held on to him, but then with Triple J coming back, it's probably time to consider selling, isn't it? You know, is 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 probably at a little bit of a sell high moment, but um, depends on what you could get. Cause, I mean, how how high? You know, what are you going to get offered, really? Right. Well, he's only 160 on the season, but what do you reckon if we look at the last couple of weeks? What do you reckon it would be? He's at 30. He's at 32 over the last week and 52 yeah. over the last two weeks. So yeah. he's been playing very well. Um, some of it, you know, the, the free throw percentage is likely to to go down some and, and all that, but. Um, you know, I mean, it, what, what can you really get for him, right? Who's 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 going to pay no, over a big sum? Not much. I mean, it has to be somebody yeah. else that's that's underperforming and that you think might do better. And- well, how about this? Brandon Clark or LaMarcus Aldridge? Hello. Gee, that is a hard one. I need to phone a friend. I think probably Aldridge. He's got the higher. He's still got the higher upside because if – you know, later on in the season, if if he is if they are fighting for like a playing spot or they're fighting for the six to eighth spot in the in the West, uh, I think Aldridge just bowls out, and you know that Pop will play those guys pretty big minutes. Uh, so I would still take Aldridge just because Triple J coming back is going to hurt Clark. Uh, the next game of the evening was the Milwaukee Bucks up against the Brooklyn Nets. Now, this looks like a barn burner. Apparently, according to John Hollinger and a few other people I read, it wasn't the most amazing game to watch. I did not see any of the actual game, but uh, was very interesting. The Nets won on a James Harden uh, clutch three-pointer at the end. Anyway, that sort of was the one that, that put the nail in the coffin for the Bucks. Uh, for the Bucks, Giannis, he had 34 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, 6 for 8 from the foul line, which you just thank your mama for that because <laughs> that is unusual. 13 from a massive 26 on uh, shots from the field. Giannis, it's just really that that foul shooting that's the problem, isn't it? On Friday's yeah. pod, I was on uh, talking with Brent, the middleman, and Giannis has, was 1 for 10 on the day. Yeah, we had we had somebody in one of my group chats say, "Was that a glitch, or did he actually shoot one for 10? Somebody thought it was a glitch on their fantasy app, um, and it was a record of sorts, right? I think it was the third time in, in NBA history that somebody had shot like that. So, um, you know, I think the other two that did it were Shaq and Andre Drummond. So it's good company, um, but it's well, not good for your fantasy team. Well, at least one of them is in the Hall of Fame, anyway. The other one." Probably won't be in the Hall of Fame, but he was certainly the Hall of Infame, perhaps. Brook Lopez had 15.7 rebounds, one steal and two blocks. That's why you have him. Chris Middleton has just been chugging along. He's been really good all season. He had 25 points, four rebounds, four assists and four steals, 10 for 20. He's just so efficient. He's another one. I think I don't have a single share of him, which is just stupid. Drew Holiday had 22 points, four rebounds, six assists. He has been providing sneaky top 50 value and and, uh, and getting up to, to around where he was drafted, which was in that sort of 35 to 50 range, or depending on your league. Bobby Portis is probably a drop. He had 14 points, four rebounds, but he did have that seven assists. So look, you can hold on to him if you like. You can stream somebody better if they come along. For the Brooklyn Nets, Kevin Durant has been amazing this season. Just, I don't, trying to think of better recoveries from Achilles injuries in any sport. He had 30 points, nine rebounds, six assists, two blocks, a two for three from uh, the, from deep and 10 for 21. Decent field goal percentage on high volume. KD. 
AD has been fantastic. I think most people drafted him probably in the 12 to 20 range. He slipped in a lot of drafts. People were concerned about his health. I, I still think that the durability is a legitimate question, but the production is not. So any any concern that, you know, the Achilles injury, which has been devastating for so many athletes, um, not just basketball players, but especially you think about it in the NBA, that the two names that come to mind for me are Kobe Bryant and um, Chauncey Billups. You know, so two... Two guys, I mean, Kobe Bryant, obviously one of the greatest of all time, and Chauncey probably. A, I don't, is he in the Hall of Fame already? Uh, if not, he's, I'm sure he'll, he'll. He's not. He's not. I don't think he's in the Hall of Fame, but he's one where I think he's, uh, he's been nominated before, and he probably will end up in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. I think he'll probably end up there. Yeah. Um, and you see that those two two guys, you know, careers came to an end with Achilles injuries. So uh, the idea that it would it would hold him back and all that, but it hasn't. Um, he's likely to. You know, sit on back-to-backs, but the question is, will he remain healthy for the rest of the season? I think it's a good question. It's an open question. He is somebody, he's not exactly a traditional sell-high, but he's somebody that if you could flip him for another one of those top five or six players, I would. Yeah, well, he's in the top four on our on a yeah. per game, right next to Kyrie as well. Kyrie, him, and Towns are right together. And then the Jokic and Beal are either side of them. But, yeah, pretty amazing. Of course, the other really amazing all-time fantasy start is James Harden. He had 34 points. He had six rebounds, 12 assists, 13 for 25 from the field. There's still a chance he ends up the number one player in fantasy, isn't there? Or, I mean, what do we expect when Kyrie Irving comes back? Is Kyrie just going to sit in the corner and sort of take some of the Joe kind of be 50% Kyrie and 50% Joe Harris? And can Harden just keep doing what he's doing, these 30-point, 10-plus assist games with some defensive cats as well? No, no, he's going to be 100% Kyrie Irving. And uh, I, I think that if if Irving comes back, there's no way, if the three of them are all healthy, there's no way that any one of them can really be number one in fantasy. I don't think. What's the highest? Uh, what's the highest then? Like four or five or something? Four maybe? or five, yeah. yeah I think yeah. four or five is about the the, the scene. But... Again, with, with Kyrie Irving, the part of the Kyrie Irving experience is, is the lack of durability. Part of the Kevin Durant uh, situation is the lack of durability. And, and one of the reasons I, I, I talk about Durant, I mean, I had Durant, I think, two seasons in a row where he missed the fantasy playoffs. Uh, so I got burned by Durant a couple of times. And, I'm, you know, I, I'm, that's, not, that's not considering the fact that he actually ruptured his Achilles in real life. So... Um, it's it's something where both both uh, Irving and Durant have missed a lot of time. So Harden finishing a number one isn't out of the question uh, if you consider that that one or two of Irving and Durant may miss significant uh, periods of time this season. Mm. The next game on the slate was the Dallas Mavericks getting flogged by the Toronto Raptors, who have been bad. Probably a good time to come up against the Mavericks uh, on. Uh, I think it was a back to back or. They, the Mavericks are undermanned, of course, because of the coronavirus stuff. They're missing um, Josh Richardson amongst other players who are not playing at the moment. Porzingis had 23 points. He had nine rebounds, one assist, and two blocks, which is amazing. It's just great to see him back, isn't it? Yep, he's looking good. Uh, he's producing, and uh, he's a sell high as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Luka Doncic had f- just 15 points, seven rebounds, and nine assists on the evening. Uh, we'll expect better from him. James Johnson is an interesting one. He had 15 points, six rebounds, two assists. He had one block. He probably loses time when we get uh, Josh Richardson back, but he's a decent one to stream 
for blocks and steals. Trey Burke is one of the most up-and-down players in fantasy. He is an absolute gunner. Last game, he was terrible. I've streamed him in a few places, and he hurt me badly uh, with the field goal percentage. But he had just he had 17 points. He was hitting his shots, 5 for 11 from the field and 5 for 5 from the foul line. For the Toronto Raptors, OG Ananobi. He is inside the top 50, and I say that because he's one of my MacGyver guys. And thankfully, I have more of him, and I have more of McCall Bridges than I do have of Rocco. But OG, because OG had 13 points, 11 rebounds, two steals, one block, three three-pointers. He's inside the top 50, and you love him, don't you? You love him, and the other guy you mentioned, McCall Bridges and OG, these are got to be two of the most common uh, guys on, on B150 rosters, right? If you're using the B150, you got to have OG and, and Bridges because these he was those both of them are much, much higher on the B150 than they were in the most other rankings. So you're loving it. I'm loving it. I think most of our listeners are loving it, and the good times are going to continue to roll. And shout out to Adam King, uh, the hoop ball assistant managing editor from who's from Melbourne, because he said Aaron Baines, 11 minutes, a massive performance because he had one rebound. And that's it. Three <laughs> fouls, one rebound and nothing else. Poor old Bainesy. He was a drop long ago. Kyle Lowry was not a drop. He had 23 points. He had nine rebounds, seven assists, uh, one block. He was nine for 12 from the field. You buy a lottery ticket when he shoots 75% from the field. That is amazing. In fact, the, the Raptors all around were 44 from 88 at 50% from the field, uh, which has been unlike them because this season they've, they've been pretty bad with their shooting. Chris Boucher just keeps flying along. We've talked about him a lot. He had 21 points. He was 8 for 12 from the field, 2 for 5 from deep. He's shooting three-pointers as well, uh, and he was 3 for 3 from the foul line. Just amazing stuff from him. Cruising right along to the next game, it was the Detroit Pistons up against the Miami Heat. And you know what? It was almost an upset. The Pistons were actually in this game. The Heat are a bit undermanned. Um, the Pistons are probably a bit better than people thought they would be. It was 107 to 113 in favor of the Heat. For the Pistons, you can't talk about them without talking about Jeremy Grant, can you? He had 27 points, four rebounds, six assists, one block, two three-pointers, 10 for 19. You know what? I decided I'm not selling high on him at all. No, he's not a sell high. You know, he's he's going to keep it up. Number 22 on the season. Uh Looks like a pretty, pretty good bet to end up top 35 this year. Um, plus, when you factor in the durability, uh, definitely not. And you're not going to get value for him anyway, right? Uh, it's almost, you got to get something really, really good to, to move Grant. And I don't think anyone's going to offer that. And Mason Plumley keeps chugging along. He had a couple of sort of downish weeks, but this is the kind of line he gives. You had 15 points, seven rebounds, four assists, two steals. Seven for 10 from the field, nice shooting percentage. And of course, at the foul line, it was bad, but he luckily only had three shots where it was one for three from the charity stripe. DeLon Wright, terrible game. He's one of these guys you pick up, um, he falls onto the waiver wire, you get him for some assists because, you know, people say you can't get assists on the waiver wire. And then he comes in and he has two points. He has three rebounds, two assists. He does have two steals though, so that gives you some value. Probably a talking point out of this game was Derek Rose, who had... Uh, 21 points, three rebounds, four assists, and two steals, six for 11. Uh, if he's floating around on a waiver wire, worth grabbing? Yeah. I mean, if you, you need a little points and assists, we've seen Rose come in and flash. He's on the season. He's still above the cut line in a 12-team league. Uh, but assists, steals, um, points, you know, give it a go. Who would you prefer, him or Goran Dragic? Uh, I'd probably take Rose. 
Yeah, Dragic, you get that assist boost, but then he's also got both of them have the durability issues. In fact, we probably should start with Dragic because he had one of those good games where if you've held on to him, which I have not, I dropped him for streamers. He had 22 points. He had three rebounds, three assists, uh, nine for 15 from the field, three for four from the charity stripe, which is good. Duncan Robinson has been good this season. Uh, just He just hits shots, doesn't he? He hits those three. Six for nine from deep, 18 points, three rebounds, three assists for him. Uh, the other person who had a decent game was Kendrick Nunn. 18 points, uh, five rebounds, three assists, two steals, eight for 15. But the Heat are a bit messy, aren't they, outside of their main guys, with the exception of Kelly Olynyk, who's probably like after Bam and uh, after, God, Jimmy Butler. I'm getting a mental blank because he's not been that good. After Bam and Jimmy Butler and Tyler Harrow, it's really Olynyk is the other one who definitely has rest of season value, isn't it? Well, Linick has been playing pretty good this year, uh, but he's another guy that, uh, you know, plays decently for a week or two at a time and then disappears. So I don't think his, his you know, it's hard, tough to tell with, with all the people going in and out, but my guess is he's not going to have as big of a role in the team. Um, I, I think he's worth playing for now, but once they get fully healthy, he'll probably become droppable again. Okay, now the next game is an interesting one because it's uh, the first game for Victor Oladipo with the Chicago Bulls, and they uh, sorry with the Houston Rockets. My forgive me, uh, it was the Rockets who won one hundred and twenty-five to one hundred and twenty, courtesy in part from a really good game from Victor Oladipo. He had thirty-two points. He had five rebounds, nine assists, two steals, thirteen for twenty-three from the field, four for nine from deep, two for four from the foul line. He might be the cover star of this episode. He should be because he's the biggest story of the night. Um, when you factor in, you know, he's on a new team. You don't know what he's going to do. He blows up. He has a huge game. Uh, he's a player that's reached the top 10 in fantasy in the past. Uh, last year was obviously injury marred. The year before, he got hurt. Um, so there's a lot of questions about how effective he's going to be, you know, what he's going to do. But if this is the role he's going to have, he can end up being a top 25 guy. So um, he's a guy that looks like looks like he's got a lot of potential right now. Tonight may be a, a good opportunity to sell high if you can get a guy who's been a consistent you know, top 25 guy. If somebody wants to move someone consistent, that you could, you could trade Oladipo for them just because there's some injury risk and all that. But, I mean, it looks like the trade is going to do wonders for his fantasy value. And if you... Have Oladipo, you're probably feeling really good about it right now. Yeah, and it's not like they've got anyone else to really squeeze in there. It's really going to be him and Christian Wood with, exactly. Eric, with Eric Gordon in the corner. Now, Gordon, I added in a couple of leagues. He had 21 points, 9 for 17 from the field. He's not going to shoot 53% on most nights. Three three-pointers, four assists. But uh, Gordon is a good three-point streamer, and he might end up being a long streamer or even holding rest of season value because I've got guys like – um, Paddy Mills, uh, uh, what's his name, um, Joe Harris in Brooklyn, who we don't know what will happen with him after Kyrie gets back. Those kind of guys, Eric Gordon might be okay, but just watch out for the field goal percentage. Uh, Christian Wood, 30 points, nine rebounds, one assist, one steal. I just get so excited because I've got him in about five leagues, 11 for 16, beautiful field goal percentage. Uh, he has been. He was a little bit quiet uh, as Harden came back and went off, but I think he probably... His game is going to be better with Oladipo in terms of his fantasy game, isn't it? Because he's going to get 
more opportunity. Oladipo with those nine assists and not hauling up. Well, actually, I say he shot 23 shots. So he did have a lot of shots. But then Harden has 30 shots on a lot of nights. Yeah, I think it's good for – obviously, it's good for for Wood's value. I think anyone – when you move on from James Harden, not that he's not a great player, but obviously he's going to take up a lot of the ball. So um, it's good for Wood. Uh, and I think if you're a Wood owner, which you seem to be in a lot of places, uh, you got to be very happy about the trade and, and you got to be very happy about his rest of the season prospects. DeMarcus Cousins. Do we need to say anything? Oh. Only 15 minutes. He had two – he had – what did he have? Three, what is it? Two points? Yeah, two points, two turnovers. Just had as many turnovers as points. Uh, four assists, six rebounds. There's a little bit of peripheral there, but 15 minutes is just not enough, is it? No, and I think he's, he, did he tear his Achilles last year? It was, oh, it was, I think it was the end of the season before, wasn't it? And then he came back and he had another injury, but, uh, right. he's, yeah, he's, so, he's, this year a lot, but he's another guy. I mean, the, these Achilles injuries are usually very, very difficult to come back from. So, you know, he's not, he hasn't shown, shown much and he's someone you got to leave on the wire until he carves out a bigger role and, and has some kind of consistency. I'll give you an idea of who I dropped him for in category leagues. I dropped him for Marc Gasol because Marc Gasol has, until today, had 22 blocks on the season and he was inside the top 80 because of the blocks and he can get you a few assists and his field goal percentage is good. Uh, even though his points are low. So I just, I, wherever I had Cousins yesterday, I dropped him and I picked up Marcus Gasol. Yeah, and I, I think that's fine. You know, uh, you get to get those assists, you get the blocks. Um, you know, why not? Yeah. And he's, he's, also, he's also good at the foul line, yeah, as well, definitely. Yeah. Uh, speaking of people good at the foul line, Zach Levine, he was back to his, uh, he had a bad one last time I was doing a read, but he was seven for eight at the foul line, 33 points, seven assists, two steals, one block, 11 for 16 from the field, four for eight from deep. I'm kicking myself for not uh, selling Kyrie for him when Kyrie was going off. Yeah, it's he's looking pretty good this year. Um, looks like he's taken even a step forward from last season. Uh, with Levine, the question is to me. It's I, I don't I don't question his statistics. I think I think most of those will will stay good. I don't see anything that's gonna have a big drop. The only question is, can he stay healthy? But if he does, he looks like he'll be a top thirty guy. Yeah, can he stay healthy? And will they keep giving him these thirty five minutes plus? Because he had thirty six minutes here. Uh, Larry Markinen, good to see him back. He had eighteen point seven rebounds. He had two steals, five for twelve from the field. Four for eleven from deep, and he was four for four from the foul line. Wendell Carter had ten points and eight rebounds. Almost got you a double double. Uh, just seven shots, though. He doesn't really have the volume. Kobe White has not been fantastic, and he's obviously very streaky. He had ten points. He had four rebounds, four assists, and two steals in his thirty-one minutes on four of twelve shooting. Daniel Gafford, a deep league guy, because he he gets you blocks. He had seven points. He had two blocks. He had five. I think it was four rebounds. Sorry. Uh, perfect from the foul line, but just five shots in 16 minutes for him. Uh, Thaddeus Young, you look, maybe in 14-team leagues, you'd go for that. I just want to jump into the last game of the evening before uh, I get ripped out of the studio here by our big long hook. It was the Golden State Warriors um, pipping the Los Angeles Lakers in a massive boil over, as we say down under. This was an upset. The Lakers were cruising, uh, rolling early on. It looked like another one of those games I was just going to flog people but it was the sexiest man in the basketball universe Kelly Oubre Jr. and Stephen Curry who led the Warriors on a comeback and they won the game late on some foul shots from I can't remember who it was 
hit the foul shots, but there were there were there was someone hitting at the foul. Might have even been Ubre. Anyway, the twenty three points for Ubre, uh, two for eight from deep, but he was nine for eighteen from the field. You love that because his percentages have been bad. People have been calling him Kelly Ubre. Uh, he was three for four from the foul line. Kelly Ubre, my goodness, I'm glad I didn't sell him. People were even talking about him being a drop at one point. Crazy. I think it was a buy low. I still think he's a buy low. Um, he was a top 50 guy last year. Looks like he's going to have a big role on this team. They have to have some time to get it, you know, figure things out. Draymond was out, obviously. Um, you know, they're, they're still figuring things out there. So there may be some more speed bumps, but I like Ubre. I could not, you know, would not advise dropping him and would advise buying low on him if you still can. Stefan Curry was the match winner, although in the first half he wasn't great. He finished with eight for 22 from the field at 36%, but he did have 26 points. He had seven assists. He had one steal. He was seven for seven from the foul line, which is perfection. Automatic, as they used to say about Rick Barry. He was three for 12 from deep, though. He did not have his long-range shooting boots or shooting boots, shooting glove, shooting boots on. Uh, James Wiseman, just four points, uh, no assists, one steal, one block, only three rebounds. He only played... 12 minutes in this game. Uh, Kevin Looney and uh, Eric Paschal got quite a lot of the big man backup minutes, 31 minutes between them off the bench. Paschal had 19 points, four rebounds, three assists and one steal. I think that's a case of uh, Steve Kerr just going with the hot hand off the bench. Is that why Wiseman only got 13 minutes? That's what it seems like. Uh, We know Paschal has not been that productive so far this season and uh, you know, we did see him flash a little bit in extended role last season, but the, the minutes aren't going to be there. And he's he's not quite on the radar for 12 teams. 14 or 16 team leagues, maybe you could use him. But mm. unless there's an injury there, uh, better leave him on the wire. And Draymond Green had one of those most, one of the sort of atypical, uh, sorry, typical Draymond Green games where he had seven points, eight rebounds, nine assists. How about that? Seven, eight, nine. He had one steal. He had one three-pointer on only six shots. <laughs> that is the definition of a MacGyver, when you can stuff stats and help out in different categories with only six shots. Yeah, uh, you've got to love Green's fantasy game. Yes, you do. And uh, the last uh, team to read out this evening is the uh, Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron James. He played 38 minutes, 19 points, five rebounds, five assists, one steal. He's only six for 16 from the field. Anthony Davis had 17 points, 17 rebounds, uh, seven assists, two steals, three blocks. My goodness. But he was also six for 16 from the field. Combined 12 for 32. That's not getting it done, is it? No, it's an off night for the King and an off night for Davis. But, uh, you know, it'll happen from time to time. And, you know, they'll be back in the next one. Nothing to worry about. To any Marcus Sol owners out there, I feel very sorry for cursing you because he only had 16 minutes and he had five points and he had one rebound, one assist, one steal, and he did not get a block. <laughs> so no, am, it, didn't, it didn't work for tonight. I am. Well, curious. let me tell you, I, I added I added PJ Tucker for tonight, uh, thinking, ah, whatever, get some rebounds, some assists, some steals, some blocks. I think he had three points and three assists. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this happens from time to time. Yeah, you've got to be careful to overreact, do not you? You can chase stats, but you can also let them go too soon too. Uh, final one to read out. Oh, well, let's go to Montres Harrell was good. He had 17 points, eight rebounds, one assist and two block on seven for eight shooting. Dennis Schroeder, 25 points, five rebounds, three assists, two steals, eight for 15 from the field. Bit of a bounce back game because he's been pretty bad. He started out really hot the first sort of, Week ten days, but most of the last uh, three or four weeks he hasn't been good. 
Yeah, a lot of guards whose numbers seem good are, are really outside of the top 100. Schroeder's another one. He's got 14 points and almost five assists a game. Seems good, but his field goal percentage is hurting, and he's not delivering much in the defensive categories. So, uh, on the whole, he's 163 on a per-game basis. So, not quite a must-own. I mean, you can't really drop him because of the name and because of the stats that he produces in, but it's just not very valuable. Yes, and speaking of the Lakers, my co-host Scotty Harlander will be back tomorrow with Ethan Noroff, the host of the Hoopball Lakers podcast. That will be really exciting. I have been your host, Mr. Jolly of Sydney at Twitter, and my guest has been Hank Aaron 26, like the baseball player Hank Aaron, but with number 26. Hank, thanks very much for joining us, mate. Appreciate you giving up your time on a Monday evening. That was fun. And I look forward to continuing our narrative and going off like a frog in a sock next Monday. My pleasure. I'm looking forward to it as well. Take care, Hank. Good on you. You too. Bye, guys. Take care out there and good luck with everything. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.